Salutations. Welcome to Spiritual Blitherings, Philosophical Ponderings, and Everything Ramblings at the Hopeful Humanist Cafe. I'm your host, Steve, the Hopeful Humanist, and today we're going to examine and explore ideas and flow about the good life, conscious living, and a new resource for your spiritual toolbox, iNaturalist. But we'll get back to that later. Today we're going to talk about the benefits of self-prescribing a dose of nature in our chaotic and busy lives. As I've said previously, it's hard to be healthy in this world. Many of us are living in the stress response, pulled in all directions from different greedy institutions like work, parenthood, our homes, our houses, and technology. And we are in need of something that can restore us, revitalize us. This leads to our discussion today about the benefits of nature as a possible therapeutic tool for our physical and mental health. Today, our sponsor is the Dandelion, and in And in honor of this most generous sponsor, I'm wearing my yellow dandelion t-shirt that says, and I got it from the annual Waterloo, Ontario Dandelion Festival, and it says, dandelions are a sign of intelligent life. So, my invitation to you, if you want to be a part of the buzz, why not plant a pollinator-friendly garden today and make a difference in your community in terms of keeping it green and healthy? Additionally, in terms of this theme, our sponsor today, in honor of our sponsor, I am drinking some organic dandelion root tea, which apparently is good for digestion. Perhaps you'd like to grab some tea yourself, nice herbal tea, and we can spend some time together this morning as we talk about the benefits of being outdoors. I'd like to start off with a quote, and it comes from an article called Why Don't People Like Dandelions? And it goes as such. The difference between a flower and a weed is a judgment from unknown. I'm just going to quote directly from the article. This is taken from the user Sistelin on Tumblr because I could not have said it better myself and it sums up exactly why people have been duped into viewing dandelions as weeds. They're considered weeds because they were a poor person resource and not having them was a status symbol. In addition to our quote for the day, I have a word for the day. The word for the day is biophilia, which, according to Johann Hari in his book Lost Connections, is an idea that comes from this person, E.O. Wilson, and the definition is a love for the natural landscapes we evolved in. And the idea is that we evolved in these natural landscapes as animals that were on the move. We moved through the natural world. It was a physical interaction and that through this movement and this relationship with the natural world around us, we were awed by it. And we understood our greater connectedness to the universe, to the oneness of life. And this is a feeling that I get when I go on nature walks. I'm just kind of mindful about the interconnectedness of everything. And I've had these thoughts that when I'm out there, that The oneness is all-encompassing, and I am food that I eat, the water that I drink, the air that I breathe, the earth that I walk upon, and the sun that shines down upon me. So if, if there was also, you know, in addition to our main sponsor and our word of the day, if there was an additional sponsor, it would be the metal straw, because the metal straw is chic and good for our environment. So what are the benefits that a person can experience by eating the dandelion? And it should be noted that you can eat every part of the dandelion, the flower, the stem, the leaves, and the root, right? So of the many benefits, here are a few. Dandelions help with digestion. They help prevent cancer. It lowers blood sugar in diabetics. 
It aids with jaundice. It helps lower blood pressure, and it treats liver disorder. My appreciation for dandelions is newfound, as I previously resented the dandelion. I was so eager to be a good neighbor that I was spending lots of time trying to figure out how to banish this weed from my property. Meanwhile, you know, there's always a part of me that wanted to be doing something outside with my boys, you know, interacting and having fun. Relationship is fundamental to happiness. So this is a newfound appreciation. And I think, you know, if only to a degree, my old relationship kind of captured the notion of the absurd. Because even though I didn't do it, I did imagine banishing it with a little bit of chemical help. And I mean, think about it. The only thing that that would have accomplished is I would have been poisoning the environment around me. And I would have been poisoning my, my body. It would have been toxic for my kids. And, you know, and this is something to consider the absurdity of it all. Because, you know, I have, me and my wife, we have eight raised beds in our backyard where we are organically growing a variety of vegetables and fruits. So we'd be contaminating the food that we eat. So I guess one could say my change in attitude to the dandelion and my determination now just to kind of let it be is an off script response to the absurd. So before we talk about the benefits of getting outdoors, I just want to take a couple of minutes to share some previous thoughts that I think are linked to this greater discussion. First, uh, just a reminder that in episode four and five, Johan Hari introduced the idea that this disconnection from nature leads to an increased vulnerability to anxiety and depression. This is something we should be mindful of as depression is the leading cause of disability worldwide, according to the World Health Organization, the WHO. Currently, 4% of the world population, or 322 million to 350 million people, are struggling with depression. In terms of another linking thought, the last episode on finding oneself, episode 7, identified that one way a person can find oneself is to immerse oneself in solitude. So these linking ideas can set the scene for exploring the various benefits of getting outdoors. So, what are the benefits of getting outside? According to an article from Business Insider called Health Benefits of Being Outside, here are some of the things that we can benefit from in terms of getting outside. Number one, we can, by going for a walk in nature, we can improve our short-term memory. And I think that this is connected to a thought I'm going to share with later, share with you soon, about um, diminishing uh, the impact of rumination when we're outside. Number two, being outdoors has a demonstrated de-stressing effect. It will lower levels of cortisol that are elevated when in the stress response. And that's a place, as I shared, many of us live constantly or we're pulled in different directions because of different greedy institutions. Number three, spending time outside reduces inflammation, which is connected to various autoimmune disorders. Number four, enjoying the outdoors eliminates mental and physical fatigue as exposure to green space is restorative and reinvigorating. Number five, outdoor experiences may help fight depression and anxiety. Outdoors combined with exercise 30 to 45 minutes, three to four times a week can reduce depression, anxiety, and it has the benefit of increasing mood and boosting self-esteem. Number six, being outside may protect your eyes. Uh, this is especially true for children who spend a lot of time 
in front of screens these days and are at risk of nearsightedness. So if you want to reduce the risk of nearsightedness, get them outside where they can start looking at things on the horizon line and off in the distance. Number seven, spending time outdoors lowers blood pressure. Hey, the dandelion is happy to hear that. Number eight, being outdoors can improve your ability to focus. To quote the source, doses of nature might serve as a safe, inexpensive, widely accessible new tool for managing ADHD symptoms. Even after just 20 minutes, a green place increases one's ability to focus. Number nine, when outdoors, you may perform better on creative tasks. According to a study by Stanford, where it compared a group of students who went for a walk in a green space on campus to another who walked in a nearby urban area, busy with the noise of cars and all the commotion of street life, ruminating thoughts went down. People were able to get out of their heads, get out of the drama of their life. And this opens up an inward space for creativity. And I think that this is something that might play itself out in terms of increasing one's short-term memory. Number 10, outdoor sessions may even help prevent cancer as being outside can stimulate the production of anti-cancer proteins. Number 11, forests might boost your immune system. This, I'd imagine, would be connected to decreasing the stress response and lowering cortisol levels. And lastly, there is a correlation between increased amounts of time being outside and lower overall risk of early death. So greater exposure to greenness was associated with a 12% lower mortality rate, right? So while you know, just smoking cigarettes increases one's mortality rate, I think it's seven minutes per smoke is lost off of one's life. If you go outside and you're breathing in the good air and you're in the green, you can reduce your mortality rate. This, I would say, converges. And, you know, if we want to be convinced by some research findings, we want to see that it's replicated in different areas. And so this, I'd say, would converge with the information by Ben Klansky, who did a TED Talk on, uh, and you can access it on YouTube, entitled Get Hooked on Nature. He said, getting outside in the sun will help the body produce vitamin D. And as a quick side note, I just want people to remember to take precautions when you're spending time outside in the sun, as the sun can damage your skin in as little as 15 minutes. Right? Too much sun can cause sunburn and increase risk of skin cancer. So to continue, some other benefits are decrease in heart disease, osteoporosis, MS, and some cancers, autoimmune disorders. Reduced obesity rates, decreases in stress, depression, and anxiety, and increased positive mood. So, if getting outdoors is accessible, you can just walk out your door, and has so many health benefits, what's the barrier? Well, let's look at a situation that we can probably all relate to too easily, and it's connected to a term coined by Richard Louvre in a book that he published in 2005, The Last Child in the Woods. And it's called, this idea, Nature Deficiency Disorder. And it's connected with an associated idea, Nature Knowledge Deficiency. Before I identify kind of what he's pointing to, let me be clear. These are not official diagnoses. Just like commonplace anxiety, that playful idea I introduced in the past podcast, these are not official diagnoses. Even though that uh, this is true, some doctors are prescribing nature as a remedy for different situations, health ailments, and as uh, prevention in Japan. These ideas, they invite us, even though they're not official diagnoses, they invite us to think about our relationship with the natural world around us. 
and according to an article in Time called The Benefits of Forced Bathing, in 2050, 66% of the world's population is projected to live in cities, urban areas with limited green spaces. Currently, the figure is 50%. It also notes that according to a study by the Environmental Protection Agency, the average American spends 93% of his or her time indoors, and I imagine that figure is similar for Canadians, right? So we're spending more time indoors under fluorescent lights in front of screens. One article from 2015 by Tennis Canada claims that Canadian kids are spending 7 hours to 40 minutes in front of TVs, tablets, cell phones, and computers. A study by CAMH, and it's a part of its mental health series, has a, there's a PowerPoint on youth and technology, and it states that in Ontario, 10% of youth from grades 7 to 12 spend 7 hours on the TV or on the computer. 20% of that group are playing video games, right? So these trends are connected with increases in obesity and increased prescription rates of Ritalin for kids with ADHD. And they point to the obstacle in terms of us getting outdoors as being an unhealthy relationship with technology and the lost knowledge of the importance of the outdoors to our life balance and our overall mental and physical health. Ben Klansky also identified that if we look at trends from one generation to the next, we look at some a trend of parents that you know were kids in the 1970s now and their kids now in, in 2000, that's when the study was referencing, that kids are spending only half as much time outdoors as their parents were, right? So in terms of this obstacle, it seems like we're plugged in. And one of the things we might need to do is unplug. And, you know, if we want to figure out who we are, we can immerse ourselves in nature, we can unplug. If we want to increase our health benefits, we need to unplug and we need to get out and go for a walk or do a bunch of different things that can increase the well-being of our lived experience. So Johan Hari references the following story that provides what I think is convincing information about the importance of having green in our lives. And I'm just going to read it directly. It's been known for a long time that all sorts of mental health problems, including ones as severe as psychosis and schizophrenia, are considerably worse in cities than in the countryside. But the psychological effects of being cut off from the natural world have only begun to be studied properly in the past 15 years. A group of scientists at the University of Essex in Britain have conducted the most detailed research into this question so far. They tracked the mental health of more than 5,000 households over three years. They wanted to look at two types of households in particular, people who move from leafy green rural areas to a city and people who move from a city to leafy green rural areas. They wanted to know, would there be any changes in how depressed they got? What they found was clear. The people who moved to green areas saw a big reduction in depression and the people who moved away from the green areas saw a big increase in depression. This was just one of many studies with similar findings, it turns out. So they got a little critically reflective, and they they thought that perhaps you know, there could be some other variables that are explaining this difference. So to continue, of course, the scientists looking at this knew there were all sorts of things that could be playing a role here. Maybe rural areas have stronger communities and less crime, less pollution, and maybe that, rather than the green space, is why people feel better. So another British study decided to screen out that effect. They compared deprived inner-city areas that had some green space to very similar deprived inner-city areas without green space. Everything else, like levels of social connection, was the same. But it turned out there was less stress and despair in the greener neighborhoods. Right. So for me, that definitely gives me pause for thought in terms of 
the things I should be doing to increase my overall health. So what are the things that we can do? And I mean, your imagination is your only limit, right? Hey, get outside and get creative and it's going to help you think of other creative things to do to get outside, right? Uh, So in an article on force bathing, it lists a number of activities and here are a bunch of different things that you can do, that I can do, that we can do to get outside to experience the benefits mentally and physically of being outdoors. You can go on forest walks. You can do yoga outside. And I even heard that some people are doing yoga with the goats. We can eat in the forest, right? How about, you know, during your lunch when at work, instead of eating at your desk in front of your screen, you go outside and find a nice green space. Hot spring therapy. And I'm going to tell you, I'm excited about getting some of this when I go to Banff this year for our family vacation. Tai Chi, you can do some meditation or various breathing exercises. You can exercise. You can do aromatherapy. You can do some art classes and you can create a beautiful scene that you then have on your desk and you can look at and can capture the biophilia experience that we need in our lives. You can do some pottery outside and go for a Nordic walk. I'm not sure what that is, but it sounds pretty cool. Have to do some more research. And forest bathing, which is simply being in nature and taking it in through taking in the forest through your senses. Another activity could be plant observation. This was one of the things on the list. And this brings us to our resource for this episode, iNaturalist. So iNaturalist is an app that you can download to your phone and it only requires an email account, a password, and a username to open a free account. You can check out some tutorials on YouTube to figure out all the different things that you can do with this application. You can take a picture when on an outdoor adventure and download that picture to a database as an observation for scientific experts around the world to do their research. Or you can do what I do because I'm nature knowledge deficient and take a picture then get the experts to help me identify what it is. The kids love these kind of get out there and learn experiences. And as an adult, I have a lot of fun too. And it's always nice to learn more about the natural plant life around me. So perhaps uh, perhaps you might want to include this in your spiritual toolbox and see what you can do to leverage your health. In an episode three, where I talked about the life balance inventory, by going outside and experiencing the many benefits that come with being outside, you might be able to improve your health subcategory score of your life balance inventory. So thank you for joining me and exploring the benefits of self-prescribing nature. Before I sign off, I just have a couple of just-by-the-way thoughts. Number one, I want to thank my dedicated core followers for tuning in month after month. I am mindful about the fact that the sound quality experience at times has been problematic. It's been brought to my attention that I can be a soft talker, and that sometimes the information that I'm sharing is inaudible. You can't hear it. So for me, this is both a leisure and a learning project. As a leisure project, this is something I like to do. It just brings me joy to share information about resources that are free that might be helpful to other people. But it's also a learning project. I'm still trying to figure out the technical stuff in terms of editing and just figuring out my mixer and the microphone so that I get the best sound experience possible. So I'm determined to get there and I'm going to keep on trying to make sure that this experience, the listening experience, gets better and better over time. 
Secondly, I'm interested in doing a podcast in the future about retirement. Always been fascinated about retirement. The, you know, the idea of where did the concept of retirement come from? When was retirement? When did it kind of become a thing? And are there changing attitudes about this thing called retirement? So I put together a retirement survey and I created a web page for listeners to go to to access the survey. And my hope is, and the link is provided below in the notes, and my hope is that people that are interested, interested listeners would go there. And once I get about 50 responses and I collect a number of different data points, that I'll be able to go in, analyze the data, and then at a future point, present the information back to the listeners. So please, if you are interested in participating in an anonymous survey on retirement, go to my webpage. Let's end with a quote. I often start the podcast with a quote, but I thought, I'd also like to end with a quote today just to get the critically reflective juices going and hopefully inspire you to get outside. The quote is as such, I think I cannot preserve my health and spirits unless I spend four hours a day at least, and it is calmly more than that, sauntering through the woods and over the hills and feeling absolutely free from all worldly engagements. Henry David Thoreau. So today is a Sunday. So there is a good opportunity for me to get outside. And I have the luxury and the privilege of having a pretty big backyard where I have trees. And on a daily basis, I'm able to see blue jays and cardinals and listen to their songs. And there's squirrels and chipmunks and a whole bunch of different kind of wildlife right in my backyard. If you don't have that luxury, if you don't have that privilege, well, then hopefully you can hit a park and go for a nice walk and think about some of those different things that you can do to get outside. So thanks for sharing this time with me. I hope it has been informative and helpful. Until our next meeting of minds, peace and salutations.